America. My name is Armie Ose Frimpong, and I come to you live every Friday. Today I'm doing a special show. What is it, Monday? I did this podcast last week with uh, Crystal Ball and Kyle Kalinske. It's called Crystal Kyle and Friends. I think it'll drop in a few weeks. And Kyle Kalinske asked, he asked a pretty good question about, you know, you have philosophy on one side, and then you have what you do on your job on the other. And philosophy is nice, but it's not particularly useful. It's like, you know, it gives you joy, but it's not necessarily the most important thing. And then you have... You know, your job on the other side, which really doesn't have anything to do with philosophy. And to, there's an extent to which he isn't right, but it's very popular. And I didn't give a very good answer. So I'm just going to clarify what's going on um, in this little video and why you should study philosophy. And I, well, what I immediately thought of was Marco Rubio's comment in the 2016 primary debate when he said like look there are we make too many philosophers and not enough welders we need to make more welders and fewer philosophers and you know let's be honest about what we're doing in college all right so that's what he said in the primary debate now once donald trump beat him he gave a concession speech and he said he changed his tune he said that uh you know the problem with the modern gop right now our party just has lost touch with its principles and its ideals and that, that's, that's why I lost to Trump, because we lost touch with our principles and ideals. Well, the truth is, all the welders voted for Trump. So you can make more welders, but when you make more welders, you're going to make more Trump voters, because it turns out that in a functional democracy, self-government, we need our welders to also be philosophers, lest they, you know, <laughs> won't elect you. Right. So uh, Rubio got caught because he found out that there are stakes to having a, 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 an, an electorate that has lost touch with its ideals, a lost touch with who it is. Um, and so I want you to keep that in mind and kind of think about kind of think about that. And I think that's important. And I think Rubio learned a hard lesson about the stakes of trying to think, trying to have a self-governing uh, society with people who might not think so critically about some basic concepts, right? So how does this, um, where does the rubber meet the road besides presidential elections, right? So we have these, we make sense of the world through concepts. We make sense of the world through conceptions. Like you'll see people say family first. They have a conception of family. They apply it to the world. That makes sense. It turns out if you have a inappropriate conception uh, that you are using to make sense of the world, once you actually apply it to the world, there are going to be negative effects, right? So if I can say family first, that means if my daughter is late to her cello lesson and I just got to run over this old lady to get to the, uh, and nobody's going to see me, uh, and to get to the cello lesson, family first says just run over the old lady and, and get to the cello lesson. So sure my daughter's not looking, she's, you know, reading or something like that in the backseat. Or um, I can just run over the old lady, get to the cello, uh, cello lesson because family first. Right? That sounds ridiculous because family's not first um, insofar as it's going to be modified by other concerns. Right? It's, it, it can't always be a trump card. And make no mistake, if you don't get this right, there are huge social consequences. The history of solar, uh, colo uh, settler colonialism is a history of us doing awful things to usually racialized others in the name of family. Family values keeps your school segregated. Family values keep your neighborhood segregated. Family values, like, um, so if you have a distorted notion of the family, then applying that 
to um, uh, in real life, you're going to have to make hard decisions and you'll make them poorly because of your distorted notion of the family. So that's just one example. Another example is um, I wrote down three. I wrote down three. What else did I write down? Yeah, family first, uh, church. You know, church is the most important thing. God's the most important thing. That's great. Once again, the history of colonialism is, you know, shot through with, it's pretty much a history of <laughs> like how the white church kind of licensed all of this awful racialized behavior. And I say family and church because a lot of our contemporary ideologies, we don't consider them ideologies. We think of them as natural, but they're really just ideologies that emerged around family and church and politics and work. They kind of all emerged to work together to uh, um, sustain a quality of settler colonialism, which isn't particularly good for black people, but has never actually been ex extricated from the American culture, right? But until you actually think through these issues, you'll just kind of apply these uh, concepts and be surprised when it ends up in either racial or labor, labor degradation. So you can say like, well, you know, church is the most important thing uh, to me, but churches have been on the wrong side of like every major issue, including the Holocaust, right? Um, does that mean we could throw away the church? No, you can't throw away a church because there's a legitimate place in the church uh, for like a free and like meaningful life. And there's a legitimate place for family for free and meaningful life. But you have to actually think through what exactly is the virtue of a family and what exactly is the virtue of a church? And how do you, what exactly is the virtue of a political sphere? What exactly is the virtue of a social sphere? And how can they all kind of, all these virtues express themselves in a way that is mutually, um, uh, mutually accommodating to allow, but with like due modifications to allow a quality of life that we can think is consistent with self-determination. Right. You can think of, well, you know, same with employment. My job's got to go first. Got to make that money. Got to get that paper. But once again, the history of colonialism is shot through with people doing awful things for money. Right. So does that mean we throw away market production just because of the East India Company or the, the Virginia Company or anything like that? No, no, it doesn't. It means that we need to understand that whatever virtue comes out of market-based civil society in these um, uh, companies needs to be mediate or modified to account for all of these other freedoms all of these other freedoms right that freedom of the family and freedom in um and uh you know religious freedom and and a quality of political freedom so whatever you do for your job it can't degrade either your capacity or anyone else's capacity to be a citizen <laughs> like to put to politically participate or to um, you know be a responsible church member, right? So all of these different kinds of freedom, or, or fulfill their family responsibilities, because these are all going to be different modes of freedom that can be worked out in another video. But you just have to know that they're differentiated and mutually reinforcing. And um, unless they're worked out, then when you apply a distorted one, if you apply a distorted notion of the family, if you decided a distorted notion of church, a distorted notion of employment, it'll just lead to real real societal negative effects on yourself and on other people are just like vague and meaning like meaninglessness and same with politics right so we think about freedom i you know with my students you know they'll come in thinking well you know freedom's choice it doesn't really matter i don't need to go any deeper than that more choice more freedom well that's not necessarily true and it's also confusing because you'll find yourself choosing among meaningless options and being surprised when you're not fulfilled and a little bit depressed 
And then you go to a therapist. And since we don't know anything about mental health, they'll just give you pills as opposed to just clarifying that like what you think of as freedom was never really choice, right? I can give a veget uh, was never really freedom. I can give a vegetarian 17 different options of meat. And I can give him venison, I can give him chicken, I can give him steak, I can give him tilapia. Um, but none of, but all of that will be ultimately degrading and I can put them in a position to choose themselves into their degradation. A lot of people felt this in the 2016 election when they had to choose between Clinton and Trump. They felt they were choosing themselves into their de degradation, especially if they thought that the primary was rigged. Then the vote doesn't really become meaningful. It actually becomes the instrument through which I choose myself into my own unfreedom. <laughs> um, so, but if you don't actually have a more robust understanding that freedom can't just mean choices among alienated options, it has to mean somehow that I am reflected in the options among which I choose, right? And when I talk to sorority girls about this, it, you know, it's pretty easy to, uh, uh, to say like, look, if you have to choose between Brad and Chad, then, um, Adding a third one, Thad, doesn't really help you, right? Because your problem with Brad and Chad isn't going to be, isn't going to be uh, ameliorated or somehow redressed by just adding Thad. Then you'll just have Brad, Chad, and Thad. And you'll still be, you'll have choices, but you'll still kind of feel like, ah, oh, all these guys are kind of boring. So what you want is a fair say in the ad production industry <laughs> like all of the you want to be able to like you want a, a, a sizable minority position or even a majority position in the ad production industry you want to know what the ads do in their school you want some kind of control over what the ads learn at church and what the ads learn in their family because that way um just giving you more of the same kind of blank blank ad whether it's chad brad or thad isn't going to help. But if you have a say in the ad production industry, then when you choose among one of these ads, whether it's Chad or Brad or Thad, it will actually be um, a person who actually can work with your interests and sustain and reflect your interests. And so you don't lose yourself by your interaction with the ad. And you get that not by having more choices of the ads, but having a fair say in the um, in the in the ad production industry and so like you know usually the sort of girls like see that whether it's brad chad or or thad they see that and they're like oh that makes sense but then i have to hit them with the other side about how they've been groomed um to uh in the same way there's a you know a becky production industry that has produced them as they are and did they really have a fair say in that industry and that becomes uh, a whole thing and so and it even and it goes after not only um uh, their their judgments uh what they think is normal but it also goes after their desires because now they've been groomed to desire chad as is and that's a problem right so you're going to be groomed to desire in the same way that um we've been groomed uh and this is uh to desire things that are bad for us <laughs> we've been groomed by mcdonald's to desire mcdonald's or we've been groomed by apple to desire blue bubbles in our chats and not green bubbles in our chats, right? So they have a very comfortable unfreedom, and but it'll kind of, it'll come through the form of choice, but also it'll get you to choose among things that are ultimately alienating. And so, yeah, but that's if you, but you'll only fall into that trap willfully if you have kind of a, discrete, a, a distorted or underdeveloped notion of freedom, right? So if you actually, you'll be aware of it if you 
take my class or you watch this video and you think, oh, yeah, it can't just be choice because if I'm choosing among alienating things, doesn't matter how many different choices I have, I will always be alienated. And yet, sometimes I can choose among alienated choices but desire to do that. How'd that happen? Well, because you yourself have been kind of formed um, without philosophy. And, and that's what happens. Uh, you've been formed for other institutional interests that are not exactly consistent with meaning in your life. But you won't even identify that unless you take a class like this, right? You'll be too busy welding, right? So, and then some people say like, well, freedom is just to do what I want to do. And, and well, that can't be true because you have alcoholics who will just want to drink and then <laughs> feel unfree as they're doing what they want to do at drinking. Um, so just doing what you want to do needs to be kind of fleshed out or unless you'll just be a slave to the immediacy of desires of your strongest desire not really its quality but its strength and we have strong desires to do some awful things uh that'll make us unfree right um or you can say like well freedom's not having any rules at all and then that's really silly right so free verse poetry is not going to be better than a shakespeare sonnet most people's free verse poetry is definitely not going to be better than a Shakespeare sonnet because the rules actually um, uh, uh, give a structure for meaning. Um, without rules, you don't want to play a game without rules, right? Why don't you want to play a game without rules? Because it's going to be hard to figure out what's meaning. You don't want to play soccer where every now and then people can use their hands when they feel like it, if they really want to. But I really wanted to use my hands, but that disgrades. Or a, a game of chess where all of the play, uh, pieces can move in every way. You play a game of chess like that, then the meaning of the game like goes out the window, right? So you need you need strictures to actually uh, to to create institutions of meaning in ways that you know we can go in later, but in ways you don't understand if you just think that philosophy is completely um, uh, emancipated from uh, what we do in our life, right? So, you know, why can't, so what happens if you have the welder who isn't, um, who doesn't really have a rich conception of philosophy? One, they'll vote for Trump, right? Or, you know, the welder will have bad politics. You'll have a welder who will have not just bad politics, but have a bad workplace identity um, insofar as they'll weld anything, including a concentration camp cage. And be like, well, you know, it's a check. And they'll be bad to organize with, so it's not like, uh, you know, one of the reasons why those kinds of tradesmen get paid so well is because, I mean, it's a skill, but it's also a skill that we organized, right? There was a machinist and craftsman union. Um, so, so they're kind of the fruits of other people who actually had like a political sensibility uh, uh, and kind of a wisdom like organized so that now modern day welders get paid real money. And we lost that. We lost it. It used to be the case. Not everyone know this. Kind of around people. It used to be the case that cashiers at grocery stores actually, you know, were paid well because there was a good grocery store union. And we lost that because we think people need to be cashiers, but not necessarily philosophers. And we kind of lost the sense that, like, there's actually better and worse ways to organize yourselves as um, workers, right? So we, the, the cashier's union, they don't get paid the money they used to. Right? So it's not, the, and Daniel Allen actually has a good book on this, what's it called? 
education and equality or either it's either education and equality or equality and education and she pretty much says that all of our talk about like well we just need to teach everyone to code and everyone just needs more technical bills uh, abilities so that they'll get more money that actually isn't true because there's a lot of work that needs to get done that has nothing to do with coding and is just underpaid so what we need are people to actually get the levers of political and institutional power so that, that they get a fair share of america's wealth <laughs> um and that's not going to be everyone learning C++ or, or, or to code. That's going to be everyone actually like learning how to operate in operate America, like to govern the nation so that the distribution, the general distribution of resources doesn't punish sanitation workers um, because everyone needs sanitation workers, for example. Right. So the problem isn't that individuals need to have better skills to make more money. It's that the distribution um of resources is skewed and everyone needs to figure out how to fight for a fair share of, dis of the distribution of standing resources so the the education we need isn't stem it's political that we need generalized and that will help the distribution of resources while keeping everyone productive in in in, in fair uh jobs because this idea that everyone should be a computer programmer it lives in a world without trash now we need elder care assistants, we need preschool teachers. So we need to live in a world where those people get paid too. And those people get paid once we teach them how to fight for their fair share of America. King talks about this a little bit. So, um, so the world without philosophy is you'll, you'll have all of these people who participate in these institutional configurations that are founded and grounded in these distorted ideas and then end up being horrible. Like, like I said, people who think family first will find themselves doing awful things for their family if they have a distorted notion of family. People who think church first, God first, will find themselves doing awful things in the name of God if they have a distorted notion of God. And none of these actual, um, same with politics first or, or law first, like and none of these institutions are built to actually work through their own mess um except philosophy right like you can go to the theology school but it's not going to really actually teach you the virtues and limits of religion it'll it'll like you'll come in with certain commitments and it'll help make those commitments a little bit more precise but um and same with like family sciences. They teach family sciences here. Same with psychology. Like you study psychology, you come in with certain preconceived notions of what, like what counts as mental health and certain methods that like will attain it, but we'll never actually investigate those methods or um, the general conception of what mental health looks like. Right. So yeah, I hope this has been helpful. You study philosophy because without philosophy, you'll end up applying distorted notions. Uh, d distorted conceptions to the, understand the world, and you know it'll it'll be and it'll end up with untoward social effects, negative social effects. These distorted conceptions, when applied, will lead to like realizing real distortions or meaninglessness in people's lives. So you're welcome. By the way, if you like anything I'm doing, go ahead and kick that. Go to funkyacademic.com, www.funkyacademic.com, and kick in five fifteen or $50 a month. That would be great. And I like the monthlies because, you know, I'm trying to grow this and I got a budget and, and all of that takes uh, a little bit of sustainability. So go to, go to, uh, Joe, uh, Jojo says teachers are undervalued. I said teachers are undervalued, but 
yes and no. We don't do teacher training very well, right? So, like, you got these white ladies in schools reproducing the same crappy society that kind of upholds them. And it's not particularly good. So, like, I think teachers are undervalued, but also um, there's something deeper. We're not teaching the quality of, of, of power. And we're not teaching people how to govern in a way um, that's appropriate. I think I do. I, I, I think I, like, you watch all of, you watch, you go back and watch my archive of videos. I'm going to try, I, I try to uh, improve your capacity to wield power justly, right? And that's what teachers should be doing. Not trying to get you to conform and uh, end up, uh, you know, working for some jerk uh, later on in life. I'm, I'm trying to teach you to wield power justly because I think real leaders create strong people and strong people don't need real leaders. So <laughs> strong leaders. Like, so I'm trying to create strong people of the 96 people watching right now and anyone who you send this to. Um, yeah, we need to build citizens. We need to actively build citizens, but we need to actually then work out what's an education that's act, that's, um, that is adequate to building citizens. Right? So what's an education that's adequate to building, citizen, to building citizens? And you got to think about how did you learn how to be a parent? How did you learn how to be a citizen? How did you learn how to be a worker, civilian, or a boss, right? All of these things actually really need, um, they have content, right? I'm trying to deliver the content here once a week, but they have the content that should be, um, uh, you know, dispersed throughout the nation pretty regularly, right? Because you screw this up, especially if you don't think that philosophy matters and you just kind of repeat what you've seen. Um, so thank you for spending time with me. I hope it clarifies the stakes of a non-philosophical education. You'll end up, once again, applying distorted concepts to the world, and there'll be negative social effects when you apply them, and you'll just kind of create the conditions of a meaninglessness in your own life, right? So I'm trying to give you more robust. So you'll be clear about how you're screwing up, um, <laughs> how you're screwing up life, or we'll be clear about how we are all screwing up lives for each other. Uh, because right now, it's just people... And, you know, I have all things to say about the mental health discourse, screwing up um, our problems and even in how we conceive them. So we're just confused about our problems. I want people to be clear about their problems. That might not necessarily make it go, the problem go away, but you'll at least be clear about the fight. And that's what philosophy will do. You won't find yourself being a welder for a concentration camp and then being surprised about like, why am I, why does my, why do my kids hate the fact that I'm a welder for a concentration camp? Um, so thank you for your time and I will see you on Friday talking about something different.